Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sadrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or just simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone, sometimes I'm dining with friends, and sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Thank you for being here. Before we get into our discussion, I want to thank those of you who are actively supporting my work over at Patreon. Patreon is my community where I share extra information and exclusive podcast episodes on how to be better allies, anti-racist, and work for justice in our world today. If you'd like to be a patron, come over to Patreon at patreon.com, S-E-D-R-U-O-L-A-M-A-R-U-S-K-A. I look forward to having you be an active supporter of my efforts. And now let's get into our episode. Today, we are being served by Mr. Herve Haribo. Hey, Herve, how you doing? Hey, Sadie, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, how could I not? <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into our discussion, I would like to introduce you i would like to read your bio so that everybody knows who will be serving them today all right thank you excellent herve is a serial entrepreneur that leads and lives with passion he has been merging intuitive thinking and strategy to design profitable human-centric products within the tech industry for over 21 years in 1997 Hervé founded a digital strategy and design agency, which he scaled and sold after almost 10 successful years. Over the years, he's had the honor of working with Fjord, Accenture Digital, Wyndham Worldwide, American Express, and Fortune 500 companies within finance and entertainment. Okay, Hervé. In this episode, I like to ask just one question of my guests and get your uh, insight on the answer. So here we go. Okay. You're the CEO of a company and you have been that, so I'm sure that you can, you can be in those shoes. <laughs> What's the first thing you'd implement or change to ensure equity within your company and why? So at most, my, we were a small agency. So when we sold, it was about, I would say 10 or 12 people. It was diverse when it began. Me, a Haitian American, Mm -hmm. uh, first generation. It was uh, two Jewish brothers Mm -hmm. and it was an Indian Mm -hmm. from India. (laughs) Right, Um, and so we hired many different types and I think if I were to give the advice to Fortune 500s or companies that are much larger than ours I would say 
have diversity in your board. What I'm speaking of is actually diversity of equity, mm-hmm. power and influence to affect change, power yeah. and influence to support, to drive political support. Yeah. Because I think that's the hardest part that, that un, those unsaid rules of moving in the right circles, supporting particular initiatives. So I think equity and incentives mm-hmm. towards that equity is would shift the mindset and ultimately the organizational space, mm-hmm. one that the people in the organization believe that this is not just talking points. Yeah. I think when I was in corporate, what my perception of mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion in those programs mm-hmm. were, were needed, but mm-hmm. it wasn't valuable to me in mm-hmm. the present. It was supportive for a future version of the organization. Right. Okay. The way that I moved into the organization, whether it was because of the, a, a, a diversity inclusion initiative, mm-hmm. I was still competing with all different counterparts. And I had less uh, resources mm-hmm. to compete. Right. Okay. I came out the military after five years, so I thought I was late, but I was just in time for digital moving yeah. into the landscape, the industries. I learned how to focus on a team of one, and I quickly got my degree from NYU and went into the field uh, right away. Started off as a data analyst in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. So I believe, even though I understood the technical hardware side, I believed in the software side, but I was on the East Coast and software was on the West Coast. <laughs> um, right. Um, what I would say was lucky for me was mm-hmm. that America was looking for knowledge in its talent. Mm-hmm. And the military gave me the ability to say, grab knowledge, suck it in, and put and apply it. Yeah. And that's what I did. And I was rewarded for that, both in hires as well as uh, new opportunities. Yeah. So when roads in a particular organization may have been stifling mm-hmm. in a different career, mm-hmm. I probably would have gotten frustrated. And at times I did get frustrated. Yeah. I had a release because there was a lot of opportunity. I don't think a lot of my uh, counterparts had the same opportunities because where my road was constantly unfolding before me and Mm -hmm. I could move and and adjust and evolve, Mm -hmm. being an accountant is an accountant is an accountant. Being a lawyer is a lawyer is a lawyer. Being a teacher is a teacher is a teacher. Being a fill in the blank of the tried and true status quo has its traps mostly 
Yeah. And slim opportunities. Yeah. So for me, I saw this as the way to to unfold and open up vast opportunities. I remember when the Matrix came out and I believed the Matrix and there was no one <laughs> that could stop me up, right? Um, for me, the world was what you made it. And um, I call myself lucky to have gone in, gone in the military at 17. I, I call myself lucky to have gone to NYU. I call myself lucky to have I uh, started my own business in technology because I understood how to bring the tech part with the promotion and design part mm-hmm. and then meld that into advertising and marketing and ultimately user experience and design. Nice. So much so that when I got hired at Accenture, they said, how do you develop this unique talent, right? right. right. Who would have told you how to set up such a structured resume to get to where you are, do exactly what you need to hire. But that wasn't what the journey felt like. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) So so I I do appreciate that um, when you get somewhere at the end of your journey, that you're actually able to get your accolades and your recognition. Yeah. But it's hard when you're going through it. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, thank you so much for that very insightful answer, because I think that it, it's going to help a lot of people understand that, yes, every road is going to have bumps, but it's the perseverance and the going through and the kind of making your way, but allowing things to unfold and then just kind of moving in the direction that is going to help you get to ultimately where you need to be. Right. The ultimate journey is going to have many different cards. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, it is. <laughs> don't, don't think the rickety card that you start with will be it's the one, the one, one you can... that you end with. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much, Herve. I really appreciate you coming on again. Thank you. This was fun. Yes, it is. We will do it again. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, if you enjoyed that episode, please download, rate, and share with friends. It's no fun if your friends can't come. Next time, we'll have L'Oreal Noel, and she'll tell us what it's like to be the COO of The Sweet Spot. We'll see you then.